Welcome to episode 97 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. This episode is a very, very special episode. I've managed to track down someone who has, up until now, been lost to the sands of time. Yes, a member of the Misfits that no one has known about or heard from in nearly 40 years. Up until now, that is. Yeah, this is the strange case of the Lost Misfit episode exclusively here on the Bobcast. 1981 was the last time anyone had seen or heard of this person in relation to the band The Misfits in any way, shape, or form. And that was almost 40 years ago. I mean, that was a long time ago. Ancient history, almost, you could say. Even slightly mysterious that no one has heard from this person in 40 years. And even more mysterious, no one other than this person, this lost misfit, Glenn Danzig, Jerry Only, and Doyle Von Fluffenberger, Frankenstein Von Wolfman, have ever even heard any of this person's contribution to the music of the Misfits. Well, guess what? You will get to hear this person's contributions to the music of the Misfits with a few tracks that are going to come up a little bit later in this episode. For the very first time in 40 years, history in the making. That's what you're hearing on this episode of the Bobcast. So we've got an interview with this lost Misfit. Plus, like I said, you are going to hear a few Misfits songs featuring the talents of this person And on top of all that incredible stuff, there will be four Misfits covers in this episode, a beer of the episode, and a very special Misfits and Danzig-themed Krusty's Corner coming your way shortly. Before we get to all that, though, let's backtrack a little and talk about how I managed to track down this lost Misfit. First of all, so I don't have to keep saying this person, this person, They go by the name of either Sam Haynes or Dan Ziegler, okay? Second of all, you might be asking at this point, well, what did this person do? What did Sam Haynes or Dan Ziegler do in the Misfits? The saxophone. They played the saxophone. Glorious, blaring, jazz meets punk meets B-movie saxophone. Now, you might be asking, well, how would the saxophone work in any Misfits song? Wouldn't that kind of ruin it? Oh, no, no. You'll hear, and it will change your life. I guarantee it. I have to say, I have been hearing rumors of a sax player in the Misfits kind of over the last couple of years as I was researching all things Misfits, Sam Hain, and Danzig, especially when I was doing that whole Danzig series way back in the early days of the Bobcast. I was really never able to confirm any of those reports because there was absolutely no indication of any saxophone on any of the Misfits songs, any of the Misfits records, the official releases, bootleg stuff, or otherwise, nothing. All I heard were whispers from old punk rockers that swear they saw a heavily muscled and kind of oily looking beast just belting out these saxophone riffs over the sounds of songs like Skulls, 20 Eyes, and I Turned Into a Martian. And they say they saw this at a Misfits show in Boston sometime in 1981. Well, I heard these whispers. I wrote them off as kind of like the wet-brained ramblings of just these old scuzzy old punk dudes, right? Until I got a voicemail from a good friend of mine, 
Michael J. Wolf from the band Wolfface. I called Michael J. back. Here's the audio from that phone call. Let's listen to it now. Hello? Michael J., what's going on, man? Hey, Bob, one of my favorite one of my favorite pack mates, man. How you doing? I'm doing okay, man. How about you? I'm good, man. I'm just chilling in one of my uh, five hot tubs that, that punk rock bought me. And uh, I've been working on a new Wolf Face Nintendo game, an old school Nintendo game for Wolf Face that we're going to release on actual old school Nintendo cartridges. So um, 1% of our fans will actually be able to play it. But it's going to be pretty sick, man. I'm, I'm super stoked about it. Fantastic. Retro and thinking forward. That's what I love about Wolfface. And you, you to be honest. You know how I roll, baby. You know how I roll. <laughs> I do. I do. So, hey, I, I saw you called me a bit ago. I'm kind of playing catch up here. Your message said something about the Misfits. I didn't really listen to the whole thing. Yeah, so this is super weird, man. So I got an email recently from this dude who claimed to be a member of the Misfits in the late 70s and early 80s. And his email said that he heard about Wolfface on the podcast, and I saw that we did a Misfits cover set at Best 18. And so he basically said he wanted me to tell you that if you wanted to hear some real Misfits songs played by real members of the Misfits, that he'll be in touch with you, quote, when the time was right, end quote. I don't know exactly what that means, but, but that's what he said. Wow, weird. Was there any contact information or anything like that in this person's email? No, he really didn't leave me any contact. I had the email address it came from, which looks kind of like a shady email address. It's it's ZieglerDan666 at gmail.com. I mean, I don't know, Matt. I, I, I just thought you'd want to know about it. So I'm just passing on the message. Ziegler Dan, like Dan Z- Wow, weird, man. All right, cool. Well, yeah. I'm going to try and track this person down and see what the hell is up. That's kind of strange. Yeah, I know, man. Well, cool. Michael J., thanks so much, man, for calling me and letting me know about this. I'm, yeah, I'm going to start kind of tracking this down and see what's up. Hey, you're welcome, brother. I'll talk to you later, Bob. All right, Michael J., thanks, buddy. Ow. As you can hear, Michael J. received a fairly mysterious but also kind of intriguing email from someone who might have been an actual member of the Misfits. It it sure does sound like it. Also, though, I do want to mention this. Look out for that Wolfface video game and those 8-bit Wolfface songs. I have seen stills from that game. I've heard the music, the Wolfface songs, in the 8-bit format. Holy shit. Like, really incredible. Really great. I mean, the game is a full-on, like, old Nintendo Entertainment System or NES game. It's rad. It is beyond crazy, just like anything else that Wolfface gets themselves involved in. Super rad. So great job, Michael J. and the rest of the pack. So according to the conversation I had with Michael J. and the email he got, it sounds like this Sam Haynes or Ziggler or whatever would be in touch with me when they felt like, quote unquote, the time was right. Uh, Pretty weird, huh? Uh, That's weird. I did try to write to that ZieglerDan666 at gmail.com. I had a few questions, obviously. I think that was a burner account because my email to that address got kicked straight back to me by that email demon or whatever it is that handles that kind of thing. So at that time, I kind of put this whole thing behind me, thought, ah, it's just kind of like a fluke. I have a Bobcast to run here. Important things to do, quality content that I have to work on day in and day out to get to you. I didn't really have time for this weird stuff. So I ended up moving on with my life. 
until I got another voicemail, okay? This time from my friend Michael Krusty up in Canada. Well, you know what? Here, I'm just going to play the audio from that follow-up phone call I made to Michael Krusty so you can hear for yourself how much weirder this whole situation was getting. Hello? Hello, Michael. Hey. How you doing, bud? Yo, I'm okay, man. I'm doing all right. You know, it's, it's taking forever to get the, the damn vaccine. You know, it's just, it feels like it's going to take forever anyways. But in the meantime, I've been sitting around just recording episodes for my new podcast. Ooh. That's right. My new podcast, The Miserable Failure Podcast, which is on every streaming platform imaginable. So you should check it out, Bob. If you haven't checked it out, you should check it out. Anyways, uh, what's up? I'll say real quick, I am subscribed to it. It's a great podcast. Absolutely. An awesome podcast, but I saw you called a little bit ago, got a message from you. I didn't listen to it, so I was just going to return your call. What's going on? Yeah, uh, I got this weird email, and I wanted to talk to you about it. Uh, someone named Sam Haynes emailed me and said they were trying to get a hold of you. They were trying to reach you. I might be in here if I just read you the email. Okay. Uh, so let me let me just pause. Let me just uh, get it here. Uh, oh, here it is. Okay. Uh, I thought you have something to do with a band that covers Misfit songs. Something like The Hybrid, or I don't know what the fuck you are doing. I want to talk to someone in the media about what a real Misfit can do with music. I use the boot because you are Canadian, and that might help you understand me a little better. I know you know Bob from I Want to Party with Bob, the Bobcast thing or whatever it is, uh, whatever he's doing over there. And I feel like he'll get my story out there. Please tell him to search for some chicken wing restaurants in North Jersey and he'll find me. Signed, Sam Lean of the Misfits. Whoa. You got a little shitty with you over that, the Canadian thing for some reason. Weird. Uh, that's, you know, what's weird too. I just talked to somebody not too long ago who got a similar email where this person was trying to get a hold of me saying he was Zig Danler or Dan Ziggler or something like that. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, I guess the trail leads to some kind of chicken restaurant in North New Jersey. So I can try and get to the bottom of this. Well, this is super weird. Yeah. I don't know. Good luck with that. Cool. All right, Michael. Well, thanks buddy. All right. You take care, man. See you next time. I am really glad I record all of my phone calls, by the way. You never know when, uh, you know, like the men in black are going to call you with beeps and bops and boops, and maybe maybe they'll drop some secret knowledge on you or something like that. So that's why I record all my phone calls. Regardless, this situation is getting weirder and weirder, though, isn't it? Now this Misfits person is going by the name Sam Haynes and said for me to look for some kind of a chicken restaurant a restaurant that serves chicken or specializes in chicken or something like that in northern New Jersey in order to, quote, get his story out there, unquote. Yeah. Maybe this person is legit. I don't know. Maybe this person, this Sam Haynes, this Dan Ziegler, is a legitimate former member of the Misfits that nobody knows about or only a very select few know about, I should say. Well, guess what? Speaking of a select group of people... I think you should totally join the ranks of the very awesome and amazing people that listen to and subscribe to Michael Krusty's brand new podcast, 
the Miserable Failure Podcast. Shit's tight. It's a great podcast. Michael interviews all kinds of rad people, including most recently my friend Jenarchy from War on Women and the band No More. That's his very latest episode as of the airing of this Bobcast. Super great. Give it a try. Give it a subscription. Listen to it. Miserable Failure, wherever podcasts are available. Moving on from that, for kind of a sneak peek at all the awesomeness that Michael Krusty has to offer, why don't we listen to a special sort of Misfits and Danzig-themed Krusty's Corner right about now. Well, here it is. Stay tuned. Hello, hello, hello. The last thing Valerie said to me was, don't make me laugh. <laughs> oh, this is the Krusty's Corner on I Want to Party with Bob the Bobcast. How is everybody doing? We are here in the great white north of Canada and Toronto, Ontario. Bob, how are you doing, Bob? I know you're in California and there's probably beautiful blue skies and palm trees and you're sipping on margaritas and, uh, you know... I I just gotta say, we hate you for that. But whatever, whatever. I have with me my most favorite person in the whole entire world, Valerie Knox of the Anti Queens and Black Cat Attack. Why don't you say hello, Valerie? Hello, Valerie. You're just a oh. Yo, so, uh, have you been playing much guitar lately? What are you up to these days? So, I've been writing a full-length album with the Anti-Queens over the last many months. Uh, I've lost count of how many months it has been. But we are writing an album. I'm writing some Black Hat Attack stuff with the guys as well. And, yeah, lots of guitar playing. I'm almost sick of it. That's that's cool. That's very cool. Uh, I did want to talk to you specifically about Black Cat Attack, uh, because that's why we're here. You know, I'm ready. So okay. So in sixty seconds or less, can you can you give us the complete rundown of Black Cat Attack and what you guys are about? Yeah, sure. Sixty seconds or less. Okay, we play riffs. We sing about spooky stuff. Uh, Brian Dickface comes up with a lot of stupid ideas, which we all don't do. And uh, every now and then he does get one through, like, wacky hat photo shoots. There are plenty out there. I always put my foot down, but he gets his way on that one. So it's a lot of band arguments over really stupid things, and we just write badass riffs and play them and have a fucking blast doing it. And uh, just for, for anyone who's listening doesn't know much about you guys, you can be found on all uh, streaming platforms as well as Bandcamp and all that delicious goodness. You have uh, three EPs, if I am... Uh, please tell me if I'm wrong, that's uh, online we have, and available. We have four EPs that are online and available, three of which are available over all streaming platforms. One... Our exclusive first EP available only on Black Hat Attack Bandcamp. That's very cool. Very cool. I wasn't really listening, but that's very cool. Uh, I do have a, a really, really awful question for you. No, I'm just kidding. It's a great question. Since this is a kind of a Misfits-themed episode that Bob has told me he is doing, I want to ask you, what kind of influence has uh, Danzig and the Misfits had on you and Black Hat Attack. I would say that it, the Misfits have had a really, really huge impact on the band and the band's development and progression. Every single member member of the Black Hat Attack, we all like the Misfits. Two of us have Misfits tattoos. Um, we cover the Misfits 
or Misfits related songs almost every show. Um, yeah, we're a fan of the spookiness, and we also love how the Misfits are like kind of like outcasts in their respective scene in the 80s, but they still got to stand up with all the cool guys. So that's what I've always loved about the Misfits and how they, you know, could stand next to Black Flag while singing about Dracula. I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. That is, I, I agree. That is uh, absolutely a very cool uh, thing about the Misfits. Do you have a, a favorite album? Uh, what's your? Oh, I, I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but I'm going to let you answer. So, do you, what do you have a favorite Misfits album, and what is the album? My favorite Misfits album is Static Age. I love every single song on that album, and including the song Static Age, which I think might be my favorite Misfits song of all time. Very cool, very cool. And for anyone who doesn't know, I don't know why you wouldn't know, because Bob hypes us all the time, we do have a Misfits cover band called The Hybrids. And uh, it's a lot of a lot of fun. It's uh, myself, it's uh, Valerie Knox on vocals, and then we have Scott Middleton from the Cancer Bats on bass, and we have Paul Ramirez from the Flatliners on drums. I do most of the mixing, and Scott does all the uh, mastering and he does such a fantastic job. He makes it sound like butter. He does. He ver- he really, really does. Thank you. Spooky butter. Spooky, spooky orange black, purple. creepy butter, purple butter. <laughs> yes. Uh, I did want to ask you a couple of questions about other horror-themed bands. And f- for anyone who was listening, I told her I was going to ask her about some spooky bands that she likes and listens to, but I did not give her a list. I did not tell her who we were going to talk about, but... You know, I want it to be kind of spontaneous and, uh, you know, so here we go. I'm going to ask you the first one. I'm ready. First band I'm going to ask you about and just, you know, talk 30 seconds about them or less, whatever you want. Uh, I'm going to start with The Brains. The Brains, former label mates. They put on some really cool psychobilly shows. Um, They've been at it for a really long time and I've crossed paths with them many times and they're always a blast. They always put on really cool high energy shows. And The Brains are the very last band that I got to see live before lockdown at the beginning of COVID-19. Hey, I was there. Cool, cool. Very cool. They are great. They're, they are a great band. I really like them. Uh, now, the second band I have for you is probably... Yep, they're probably very near and dear to you. Uh, the Jasons. Go. The Jasons. Oh, my sons. Oh, I love the Jasons so much. I met them in 2013 at a horror rock festival in... Um, uh, Fayetteville, North, North Carolina, I think is where it was. And the Jasons, they we didn't know them. They asked to use our, our guitar cabs, and they ended up needing literally everything. And we thought that was really funny that they just asked us for all their gear to put on their show. And we just, for some reason, did it. And we've been friends with them ever since. Every time we travel down to the U.S., we, we make sure that we have a couple shows with them. They're Black Hat Attacks brothers for life, for sure. And uh, if you're if you're not unsure of who Jasons are, Jason is from Friday the Thirteenth. Jason Voorhees, and when they play live, they all wear Jason masks. They all wear they each wear a different mask from the series. So Jason Jason V, he's his mask is the fifth Jason, um, with the blue chevrons on it. There's Jason Hell. There's uh, Hollywood, which is the the remake. The Jason remake, and then there is uh, Jason 3D. That's very, very cool. I have another band for you, another American band. They are Children of October. Go for it. 
the first American band I ever played with in the United States at my very first show ever in the United States. Again, they're brothers. I've toured with them um, multiple times, and uh, they've really... They're really thrashy and heavy, and they are intense motherfuckers. Listen with caution. Very, very cool. I have another band for you. They're kind of a little bit of a bigger band, and they, they haven't been around for... I, I guess they're a big band. I don't, I don't know. They haven't really been around very much lately. The Matadors. Matadors, they are definitely their own brand of psychobilly. I don't even know that they would call themselves psychobilly. I'm pretty sure they go with horrorbilly. Um, they are talented motherfuckers with, and they put on an amazing show too. These are all just wicked bands that you're listing, and some of my favorite. What would you say is your favorite band? Uh, sorry, your favorite album by the Matadors? Um, that would be Sweet Revenge because I got to play that CD release party in London at Call the Office when they released that album. Very, very, very cool. I have one more band for you that I want to talk about, and I know you're going to have a lot to talk about them because you did tour with them in Europe, The Creep Show. The Creep Show, more best buds. Um, I toured with them in the Anti-Queens in the fall of 2019, and it was an incredible tour across Europe. They showed us the ropes, and we learned a lot from them, and they every album they write is top-notch, and they know how to write a fucking psychobilly song for sure. There you have it. We just hit you with five awesome bands that you need to check out, plus the Anti-Queens and Black Hat Attack. Thank you so much, Valerie Knox, for hanging out with me these last ten minutes on Krusty's Corner. Here you go, Black Hat Attack, Never Too Dead to Shred.
Well, thank you, Michael Krusty, for another very amazing Krusty's Corner. To get you back up to speed with the search for The Lost Misfit, the next logical step for me seemed to be to look for restaurants in the northern New Jersey area that more or less specialize in chicken or chicken type of dishes, something like that. So I made a couple phone calls to some places in New Jersey that serve mainly chicken and chicken-related dishes or meals or whatever. The first call I made was to the Olympia Restaurant, which is a Greek place in Hoboken, and apparently the chicken souvlaki at the Olympia is just to die for. So here's the audio from that phone call. Hello, could I talk to Sam Haynes, maybe, or Dan Ziegler, the the Misfits person? No, no tuna. Uh, I didn't ask for tuna. Who's this? No tuna. Excuse me, Yeah, I'm trying to reach Dan Ziegler, Sam Haynes. Come on, come on, come on, come on. We got it on there. We ain't got it on there. Okay, we got to turn over. Turn over. Okay, what are you going to have? Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Two Pepsi, one cheap. What's this? Ch- cheeseburger, Pepsi, chips? Cheeseburger. Okay, all right. Never mind. Thank you. Well, it doesn't look like I made a lot of progress with that phone call. No, I did not. After I called the Olympia, there's another place I wanted to try. This place is in Hackensack, New Jersey, and the name of it is the Soup Kitchen International. Here's the audio from that phone call. Hello? Yeah, I'm trying to reach either Sam Haynes or Dan, maybe Dan Ziegler, the the person from the Misfits. Bread, $2 extra. Bread? No, I, I'm looking for someone from the Misfits. You want bread? No. Three dollars. Look, I, I'm just trying to get a hold of someone who might work there or maybe owns a place and used to be in the band The Misfits. Can you help me? No soup for you. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. I don't know how it's possible, but that phone call was even worse than that very first one that I made. At this point... It didn't really feel like I was getting anywhere in the search for the lost misfit. It also really kind of felt like people from northern New Jersey were a bunch of unhelpful assholes, right? I know they weren't even listening to me. Okay, I don't know. Maybe it's me. Who knows? Just thinking about those two phone calls right now is stressing me out really bad. So why don't we take a little break for the... of the episode. Yes, the beer of the episode for this strange tale of the lost misfit is the stout who cannot be named, just like the lost misfit. This beer is by none other than Plan 9 Ale House. The beer is an imperial stout with notes of dark chocolate, coffee, and a little bit of roasty bitterness and weighs in at a very healthy 8.666% alcohol by volume. Let's try this beer and see how it goes. <sighs> yeah. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, I've had this beer several times because I, I love it. It is a little bitter. It's a stout. There's definitely a hint of something kind of roasty, chocolatey in there for sure. Very delicious incredible beer and i gotta say while you cannot find this beer in northern new jersey at any kind of chicken themed restaurant you can find it at plan nine ale house which is located at 155 east grand avenue in escondido california 
You can call Plan 9 Ale House at 760-489-8817 or visit them on the web at www.plan9alehouse.com. And please do trust me when I say this beer is much easier to find with that information I just gave you than finding any missing misfits type person. All right, I think we are getting closer to finding this person, though. I had one more chicken place to call before I completely gave up. And guess what? I hit pay dirt with that last place. Well, that's what they say. Whatever you're looking for is going to be in the last place that you look for, right? So there you go. I did find the gold at the end of this rainbow, so to speak. I found Dan Ziegler or Samuel Haynes or whatever. I found this lost misfit. And I found them at a surprise, a chicken wing place in Lodi, New Jersey. Coming right up after we hear the band Shades Apart with their version of the song 20 Eyes is my talk with this Misfits Missing Link. I'm not going to come back and talk again until after the interview with Dan, Sam, Ziegler, Haynes, or whatever. So I will tell you the songs that you will hear before I come back. Keep your ears out for the song Skulls by Rebecca Lorna. That's halfway through the talk. And then I Turned Into a Martian comes up at the very end of the talk before I come back. Plus, really, and I really cannot stress this enough, keep your ears tuned in for those exclusive, never heard before Misfits songs featuring Sam Haynes or Dan Ziegler and that magical horn, the saxophone. So stay tuned. This one's 20 years. What do they vote?
Here we are with Samuel Haynes, a.k.a. Samuel Haynes, I should say, the lost misfit. This person was a member of the Misfits, supposedly, sometime in the 1980s. So let's get to know this person a little bit better. Well, Samuel, thank you for coming on and talking to me. This is kind of an interesting and touchy subject, I'm sure. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Are you from Lodi, New Jersey, like the rest of the Misfits? Hey, how you doing? Uh, uh, how's it going? No, I so, should have uh, said hello. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. What's that? I should have said hello to begin with. I didn't, you know. I you, it, you a professional? What's going on here? I, I try. I try. I'm also from New Jersey, so if we're going to start with attitude, I can dish it oh, right back out at Jersey? you. Okay? What, part of, what part of Jersey are you from? Uh, the good part. Oh, that was the good part. Maybe with neighbors. So you were from Lodi. Never heard of it. Where's that? Was it Lodi? Did you go to Lodi High School? That kind of thing. How did you meet all these misfits characters that you ended up getting wrapped up with? Yeah, I was going to high school and I was working at a local taco shop there. And, uh, you know, I was working fast food and I met the guys who would come in all the time. And they're bothering me about everything. They're probably like, oh, do you play bass? And I'm like, ah, do you want extra guacamole on this? I'm trying to upsell, and they're asking me if I played an instrument. And uh, I told them I played saxophone because uh, at the time, uh, Bruce Springsteen, he was pretty big in our town, even though he was from uh, he was from a different part of Jersey. Right. And, uh, yeah, so but he had the saxophone in his band. But his songs weren't scary. I mean, later on, they got scary, you know, because they were so long. Right. But other than that. Dancing in the USA or whatever. That was a little scary to me, I think. Dancing in the USA. Isn't that the name of the song? Oh, Born in the USA. Yeah. Sorry, not Dancing in the dancing in the Streets and Born no, in the USA. It all sounds the same. So, okay. Uh, I was born in Lodi. In Lodi. Okay. Now, well, who would come into the taco shop? Was it Dancing Doyle, Jerry, and Googie? Was Googie the drummer then? Every time they came in, there was different people with them. That's the funny thing. So one day they come in, and there's this guy, this little skinny guy. And then the other day, there's this little skinny guy with tattoos. Then one day, there was this really big fat guy. And then, and then he wasn't there, but he ate a lot of food, though. Hmm. Good customer. Uh, and, yeah, I and, and, and then, uh, yeah, and I guess I guess Googie came in one day. And uh, the funny thing about Googie is he had glasses on, but he has little eyeballs with little googly eyes. Oh, that's where and the so every time he talked, from. Every time he talked, his little eyeballs jumped up and down. Ah, so they called him Googie. That's that, made, came from. that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. What did you, what did you call me? What did you say my name was? Samuel Haynes is what I... Oh, yeah, yeah I forgot about that. That was a long time ago. Nah, here's the deal. My real name is Daniel Ziegler. Dan yeah, Ziegler. Yeah, the name tag. It said, hola, my name is Dan. Well, it was the 80s. And I had to wear a little mustache. So you had to little, wear a little mustache and a name tag that said, hola, Daniel Ziegler. Help me. I help you. Whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Did, was there flair involved? You know, anything weird like that? No, no, just uh, that was it. They, they let, that was the weird part is they let, they had to wear the fake mustache. I had to wear the name tag, but I could wear anything else I wanted to. Hmm. So I usually wore like a Giants jersey or I just wore my workout clothes. 
or like sometimes I dress like uh, just in boots because I was a real big fan of uh, buddy 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 of mine named Kevin, and uh, so I used to dress like him. So I would just show up in my boots and my underwear like him. His name was Kevin Allen. Kevin. Oh, okay, all right. That's the look in uh, North Jersey from some people. Engineer boots and uh, your drawers, pretty much. And a, a, a fake mustache and a name tag you put on someplace. So Dan Ziegler. Okay. I was stabbing into my skin. Oh, I forgot how tough you people from North Jersey can be. Now, let's talk a little bit about how how did you get into the band? That's the whole premise here. You know, we want to talk about the Misfits. I don't really give two shits about the Mexican restaurant you worked at in Lodi, other than the fact that it was terrible. Other than the fact that it introduced you to Dancing Doyle and Jerry, you played the saxophone. You're saying Bruce Springsteen was pretty influential in your life, or the E Street Band, specifically Clarence Clemens, I would suspect. Had you been playing saxophone for a long time before you met those guys? Is Did they know you? I guess I'm trying to get at, did they know you as kind of the sax man around town or something like that? Funny thing, you mentioned the E Street. You know the E Street in, uh, in the Bruce Springsteen stands for Elm Street. Like there was originally a horror, a horror jazz uh, pop ensemble, and uh, they originally were called Bruce Springsteen the Elm Street Band. And Glenn loved them, so he wanted to get a saxophone because of the whole Freddy Krueger thing. Oh, I see. And okay. He wanted to get a saxophone. Okay. Yeah, it makes and, sense. Uh, it was kind a- of a tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of uh, how much how Danzig was such a huge fan of all the horror schlocky kind of things that would go on in the eighties and prior to that. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. You know, I'm, so, uh, it's, I'm really kind of starstruck right now because you have been a missing link in the whole misfits thing for years and years. And looking at you right now, I can see why I did say missing link. It's seems appropriate. Thank you very much. You're quite handsome yourself. Now you never answered my question though. Were you, were you known around? I joined- go ahead. I joined them in 1979. Oh, yeah, but they didn't let me. They didn't let me play a note until around 1981, around October 81. Okay, okay. They wouldn't let me in. I just did odd jobs for a while, and you know, I don't really feel comfortable talking about them odd jobs. But I did some odd jobs for the band for a while. Okay, I get it. I get it. There's some questionable things about the Misfits that I don't really care to know about, and I appreciate your, I appreciate you not mentioning that. Okay. You started playing with the Misfits in 79. What happened in 81? What happened in 1981? I, well, you know, we were, we were going through the basic tracks and I was playing the solos and, you know, we were playing the songs and I, I asked, well, what key is this in? And they're like, what's a key? And I was like, I don't know. I just thought I was supposed to ask that. So I would just kind of play whatever note was I could play. And that just depended, like, you know, you fiddle around. I wasn't very good at saxophone at all. It's just you had to. In Jersey in, in 79, 80, you had to have a saxophone in your band or they'd kick you out. Makes sense to go down to the shore. I'm yeah, sure I'm sure a lot of bands wanted to start and go down the shore and play gigs at the bars down by the shore, that kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah, down, well, you go down to the shore, you go down to the beaches, you go down to the, in, 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 over, over towards the, like, uh, I mean, I grew up in Lodi and I never left the town. So I never bothered looking at a map. So I have no idea where we were. Now we've established how you met the misfits, that kind of thing. 
and that you kind of started playing with them here and there. Let me ask you a question. I mean, the Misfits really are known worldwide as the forerunners of the horror punk genre or however you want to say it. They're very well known. What took you so long to come out with the information that you are a member of the Misfits at one point? Well, honestly, have you been hiding from them? Is there some fear of reprisal if you come out with this information that you played with them? Well, I mean, back then I got threatened with violence, and I'll, I'll, I'll get into that in a second. Okay. But honestly, I'm still holding out that one of these days, the next release, the remix, the remaster, will eventually come out with my with my original musical tracks still on them. Uh, just I just didn't think it was time yet. He's got to add a bass. Twenty years later, he puts another guitar line on there. Dancing's famous for that. Yeah, right. He's got all this. He's released the same four songs sixteen times. But I figure one of these days, my sax is going to show up. You know, maybe when he like owes a little more money, or maybe when he you know he's got nothing better to do, or he runs out of cat food or something. Right, cat food or kitty litter, whatever is he needs at the time. Certainly. Well, we were, we were recording, and I and I thought I was playing beautifully on there, on those tracks. You know, I just I I, I mean I played my heart and soul out. I practiced for two years. Uh, well, I mean I owned the sax for two years, and I talked about practicing, but I practiced for about a week before we recorded that. And my lips are still numb. I played so good on that. Oh, but. okay, yeah. We're gonna hear some of that here in a little bit too. We will listen to some of those songs here in a little bit. By the way. I, I I brought some uh, I brought out some unreleased tracks with me, and I hope that we can uh, hope we can turn the fans onto some uh, some some stuff they maybe never heard before. Right, the Misfits, as you have never heard them before, or until the next Danzig remix comes out in a couple of years, like you said, when he's hard up for cash. So, well, great. So there was some fear of reprisal. There was fear of reprisal. Let's stay on topic here. I just want to make sure that we're you know going the right direction with this. There is fear of reprisal. Which member of the Misfits were you the most afraid of? Well, it wasn't them I was afraid of. So one night, get this, on one night I was visited in the middle of the night by three hooded figures. I was sleeping in my bed, minding my own business. Okay. And three hooded figures appeared at the end of my bed. And one of them was really short. The other two were like bickering with each other. And they smelled like, they, they smelled like sweat and old gym shirts. The little one told me if I didn't quit the band, he'd break my kneecaps. So I, I don't fuck with the demons and the ghosts, mind you, right? I'm not going to sure. let them demons and get, get at me. So you're a believer then. You, I mean, you believe in paranormal entities and stuff like that. I was going to ask you that later, but I mean, might so as well now, ask you I now. thought I was a daughter. I do now. I don't want to have a demon break my kneecaps. Certainly. I don't blame you. Yeah, I... I I I thought we were going to be, you know, I thought I thought everything was going good. I didn't know that we like opened up like a pit of hell. They told me we opened up like a new pit of hell and that and that uh that with the saxophone was was like going to close that pit of hell and I would think I was worried and they were worried. I'm not really sure what happened, but all I know is I got scared of them demons in my bed. So a really short one, two bigger Kind of gym, sweaty, big, tall guys. Yeah, interesting. They smelled like old gym shorts. Yeah, smelled like gym shorts. And they were yelling at each other. The two big guys was bickering with each other, like hitting each other in the fucking in the chest and stuff, making fun of each other. 
Interesting. Almost like bro- like brothers, almost. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And what did the little, what did the short one do? He was just, he was the mean one. He's trying to break my kneecaps. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, so if I, if I didn't quit stand. Did you go see a priest or do anything like that to figure out maybe you needed I don't, some rituals for in your no room, priest. cleansing rituals or anything like that? I don't know no priests. I just thought I had too much fast food from the, from the taco shop I worked at. Yeah. Makes sense. And they give me, they give me free food. At the end. I, I ate a couple too many burritos, fall asleep. Next thing you know, these uh, demons. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That was the end of your time then in the misfits. I, after basically that? Got scared. I basically got scared out of the band. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's talk about, you did record for the record walk among us though. The record came out in 1982 and 1981. You brought some tracks with you from that recording session that features you playing. So why don't we listen to one right now? In fact, we've got, I've got 20 eyes queued up here and we'll play that for a second and take a listen. Here we go. Well, we've just listened to a part of 20 eyes featuring Sam Haynes on the sax. And it sounds great. I love it. Actually. I think it adds quite a bit to the song.
let's move on to the next question. You you definitely demonstrated quite a bit of skill on the saxophone in with what we just heard with 20 Eyes. I don't understand why the Misfits wouldn't want that in their songs. Who could have been? What, what I could have been? Right. Now, I guess my main question is, everybody kind of knows Danzig's like a control freak. Do you think he took all those tracks, the saxophone off all these tracks off of that record, just being a control freak? Or was it something maybe a little bit more sinister? Did he have something? Because you kind of mentioned closing or opening the gates of hell. I don't, I couldn't really follow you back there. I just, maybe you can clarify that for me. I'm not really sure what happened. I, I played the songs. I thought I played them good. Uh, I mean, their songs are pretty simple. They, you know, he would just turn on an episode of the Twilight Zone and then come back with like, oh, play an A chord. And then I would just play saxophone over it while he just sang the lyrics, sang the script to the to the Twilight Zone episode he saw. Yeah, makes sense. I, uh, I, I, and then I'd play the saxophone. I think it might have been, there might have been a thing where like, he would, he, you know, like when you listen to the Misfits and he's like, oh, but like I used to do that with the saxophone and he wouldn't do anything. He would just sing the line. And then later on, like later on when I hear the record, I hear his voice going, oh, right where my saxophone part was. So I think he was trying to like play my parts with his voice. Oh, so you might, you actually might have inspired some of the lyrical, the, the vocal stylings of Glenn Danzing on these Misfits songs. Cause yeah. Cause when he goes, yeah, I used to go, Aah. right. Let's see if we can find a good example of that in one of these songs that you've got to kind of expose this whole situation with the Misfits right now. Why don't we hear a part of the track skulls with you playing sax? And here we go. We just heard a part of the version of Skulls with Dan Ziegler, or I'm sorry, with Samuel Haynes playing the saxophone. And I wanted to ask, did you did you ever watch the TV show Benny Hill or the Benny Hill show back in those days when you were doing this stuff with the Misfits? Never heard of it. Never. I'm just saying part of the saxophone stuff in that song sounds a lot like something I've heard on the Benny Hill show before. No, it doesn't. Okay. No, I made that up. I'm not, I'm, I'm a, I'm serious. I don't ever make anything up. So, okay, well, I'm going to take you at your word for it. I'll, it up, I'll, I'll take you at your word for it. Okay. Thank you. Let's move on to the next question. Sounds like Glenn does when I, when I call him up in the middle of the night. I think we've already touched on this maybe a little, but do you still believe that it was kind of Danzig and his control that he didn't want that? Were you making him kind of look bad or something like that? Is that why 
they got rid of the sacks on these tracks? I, 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 I couldn't tell you. They wouldn't clue me into anything. I mean, these guys were a joke, dude. They were, they were always dressed. They were, they, they, they just everything I added to it. Ah, that's not enough. Uh, it doesn't sound evil. Make it sound more evil. So I'd be like trying to, like, you know, making them low guttural sounds, trying to make it sound more evil. But I only had an alto sax. Yeah, it's hard to hit those low notes on an alto sax for sure. And, oh, I didn't learn that until later. And, and, and I didn't learn that until later. So it was really embarrassing because they got these songs, you know, about like the ghoulies and the ghosts and the, and the, and the, and the Martians and the, and the flies. And, and, and then there's a saxophone and it's just playing beautiful, beautiful fucking saxophone over top of it. Right. Kind of brings the whole thing up in some ways, I think. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, I know we was dark and ghouly and stuff, but you know, it's still nice to have a positive message. You of know, course. I mean, if you saw a ghost, you'd want it to be like, you know, kind of fat, little fat ghost, kind of looking like Richie Rich. You know, and he was like nice to everybody, like, like you know, just know, Charlie was nice ghost, you know, yeah. Well, that makes yeah. that sounds a lot like Casper, but uh, okay, you're right. I think there is another question I wanted to ask you about some live footage that I was able to track down prior to this episode of you playing a show with the Misfits in Boston in 1981, and that was the song Skulls. What was it like playing live with Glenn, Jerry, and Doyle? Did and Googie too? Apparently, in '81, I think it was Googie still. Was it a good time? Was it wild? It seems like maybe it was kind of a clusterfuck. They all seemed like they were out of their league trying to just look as impressive as they possibly could. What do you think about that? All I, all I, I don't remember much about that, but I, I do remember, like, I went down and went down in the basement to practice, and next thing I know, it was time to go home. So I'm not really sure if I was allowed, if they let me on stage or what. Oh, that was a deal. I found out later that they unplugged my saxophone, so you couldn't hear it. Oh, you were mic'd on stage, so they were really trying to, or at least the sound guy took you seriously, it sounds like. Well, I forgot my read. Oh, you had I thought I had it. And then we stopped off at the Flying J in, uh, in Cambridge, outside of Cambridge. We stopped at the Flying J to go take a dump. And then I don't know what happened after that, but I, I couldn't find my read after that. So I was I was on stage and I was blowing the sax, but no sounds was coming out. Oh, that almost sounds like sabotage to me. Yeah. Were, were there issues with the other guys at that point that maybe they would have taken your stolen your read, hidden it from you? I, I'm not really sure because I was in the van practicing the whole time. You know, I figured figured they liked it. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, we maybe we'll show a video of that performance and we'll see just how bad it went for you. Oh man, these guys were a joke. They were always dressing like little in their little little skeleton outfits and stuff, and we were constantly misbuilt. We got called the monsters once. We got called the mite fits. We even got called mini kits at one point. Mini kits. Wow. And then the worst one. And the worst one was when we was built as adrenaline OD. Oh yeah, it was, it was yeah, it was a confusing mess every time. 
Because we'd show, we'd show up, but they're always misbilled. What would you say to them now? What would you say if you're in the same room with Glenn Danzig, Jerry Only, and Doyle von Frankenstein von Dracula von the Mummy von the Wolfman? What would you have to say to them? Would you make peace with them? I'd get my record signed and then go on eBay with that shit. Oh, that's smart. Okay. Well, I see why they didn't want you around. You you seem like you're a shrewd businessman, so. No, it's the only way you're going to get paid with them guys. It's kind of doing that underhanded. Yeah, get them. Sure. Well. So I'll go, hey, guys, how you doing? And, you know, hey, hey, you sign my record and then. And then see what happens, you know. How would I'd you ask for their autograph? How would you, know? you react and if I'd they said them. no? I mean, you get you go way back with them. What would you do if they said no to you? I don't know. I'll probably try and sick them demons I saw on them. Are those demons still around in your life? I mean, have you seen them since that occurrence? I, 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 I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I've been performing seances. I got a Ouija board. I uh, I, 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 I downloaded. Ouija, Ouija board. Ouija, Ouija. You, you call it a? It's pronounced Ouija or Ouija. Where's the W? Uh not important. So you got O U I J A. Oh. Well, let's just call it a spirit board to kind of make things. So you got a spirit board to get in touch with yes, these I demons. Do. Oh, okay. How about you? No, no, no. I don't, I don't truck with the uh, demonic energy. So, okay. So you got a spirit board and you're trying to get in touch with these demons and what happened to anything. No, but I, I, I was mad. I figured out a way to get pizza delivered with the thing. Oh, good. Okay. Well, at least you got some use out of it. Well, that's really about all I have as far as questions about your role in the misfits and that kind of thing. What have you been up to since your days in the misfits? Have you been any new music projects or anything good? No, I'm more of an entrepreneur. You know, I was like, when I met the guys, I was a cook at the restaurant. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I've I've been working on things. I've got a new energy drink. You've got an energy drink. That's pretty enterprising. What's the name of your energy drink? Well, you know, uh, you like being scared, Bob. I do. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a horror fan. You know, horror. Everything but slashers, I got to say. But yeah, yes, I am. I got an energy drink called Boo. It's called Boo, the energy drink. It gives you the feeling that you've been scared every time you take a sip. It's got the same adrenaline rush as as leaning over a tall building, looking down, or having somebody sneak up on you from behind, or having two tall demons and a little tiny one sitting at the foot of your bed, kicking you out of a bed. Wow. I got the bear, I got Boo energy drink. You captured the spirit of fear. It's like fear in a can almost. It is. So like, you know, some of them make you want to work out, you know, and this one just gives you the same adrenaline feeling as being scared. It's called Boo Energy Drink. It's got some great flavors. Oh, I got flavors. Give me a sample of those. What kind of flavors do you have? Well, of course, I got Blood Orange. I got Jackfruit the Ripper. Crimson Skull. I got Crimson Skull. Kind of tastes like tobacco. And I got a brand new flavor I just call Glen. Glen? What is the Glen flavor? Is it like sweat and bad bad dreams or bad ideas or kind of tastes like kitty litter? Loneliness in comic books. Okay. 
you've got your own line of energy drinks that are very appropriately named and for how they the drinks make you feel. And I also heard you have you're opening a chain of restaurants or something like that. Yeah, I got a wing place called Where Chickens Dare. And we've got uh, locations all over the Northeast Jersey area. And we're famous for our 25 special. Great. Where Chickens Dare. Excellent. Okay. Well, we'll have to stop by next time we're in Northeast Jersey and pay a visit. Should we ask for Sam Haynes or Samuel Haynes when we come in? Maybe you'll be, are you, are you out and about most of the time? I'm the manager. Okay. So you're there 24-7. Great. Not only the owner, I'm the assistant manager and the manager of, all, of both locations. Oh, you only have two locations. Okay, great. Well, that's better than zero locations. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I can't tell you how I know. important it is to get the word out about the fact that there was kind of a missing misfit for all these years. Now you've gone public exclusively on the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. I really appreciate your time and you coming here to talk to me. Hey, thank you very much, Bob. I'm uh, very, 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 very happy to talk to you. And I, uh, and I, and, and, and I hope you interview me again someday because it's really lonely out here. And I imagine you're busy at where chickens dare with that 25 special and pushing Jackfruit the Ripper as well. Well, again, once again, Samuel, thank you very much. And you have a good night. Okay. Thank you very much. Boo, did I scare you?
Well, there you have it, folks. The Bobcast exclusive and groundbreaking interview with the Lost Misfits. Sam Haynes, Dan Ziegler, whatever that person's name really was, I still kind of have no idea, to be honest with you. And what an interview. I am really feeling a Pulitzer Prize nomination heading my way. Don't you? Yes, that absolutely incredible. Well, uh, not really. I should say at this point, here's your disclaimer. If you haven't already guessed it, that is, this episode is absolutely not based on any kind of reality or any person living dead or otherwise. This episode was a fake, a parody, a fantasy of fun, and not real in any way, shape, or form. There is no lost misfit. There is no saxophone playing misfit. Not that I know of, by the way. I should say that. Not that I know of. If someone like that does come up, though, you'll be the first to know via the Bobcast, I think, of course, because I always have my ear to the ground for any kind of news or information about the weird, the obscure, and especially the misfits. Yes, indeed. I definitely would like to say thank you so much to Michael J. Wolf and Michael Krusty for doing their parts in making this episode a reality. Great job to both of you. And the hugest of huge thanks has to go to Mr. Davy Quinn of Davy Quinn Enterprises for playing the part of the Lost Misfit. He actually went through and added the saxophone to those Misfit songs that you heard in this episode. And holy shit, when I heard those for the first time, I think I almost lost my mind. It was the best thing I have ever heard. Davey, you absolutely did an incredible job, and I thank you so much. Thanks to Shades Apart, Rebecca Lorna, and Mikey and his uke for those Misfits covers in this episode. And by the way, the band behind the Mikey and his uke cover, I Turned Into a Martian, is Jennifer Finch from L7, Balzac, The Jaws of Death from Guar, Darren Pfeiffer from Goldfinger and Punk Rock Karaoke, Doug Carrion from Dag Nasty and the Descendants, and Mikey from the Fairmounts, who is also Mikey and his uke. The very star-studded lineup with that song. Yeah, that's a rad song, too. And Michael Krusty, I believe, produced the whole video for them. He does all the Mikey and his uke stuff, as far as I know. And one last thing that I do need to say, this whole thing kind of came up because I wanted an excuse to play a bunch of Misfits covers without it being just a Misfits covers episode, because that'd be kind of lame. So I kind of filled in the blanks around it with this Lost Misfits story. So there you go. Hopefully you were entertained. I really, truly do hope so. Oh, and I also wanted to really hear those Misfits songs with some sweet, sweet saxophone in the background. It made it so magical, didn't it? Really good stuff. It's great. So that's going to do it for this episode I would like to say, if you did like this episode and other Bobcast episodes, please consider joining my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash I want to party with Bob. Also, please subscribe, rate, and review the Bobcast, the regular podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Both of those things help me greatly in continuing to bring you incredible content like the episode you just heard. So thank you so much for listening. We are going to leave off with one last Misfits cover. This one is by the band Entombed. Now, LG Petrov of the band Entombed passed away very recently last week as of this recording. And I would like to dedicate this episode to him. LG was the singer on Left Hand Path. He took a break on Clandestine, came back for Wolverine Blues. 
and then has pretty much been in the band ever since, and he did very sadly pass of bile duct cancer. So, LG, rest well. Here is the entombed version of the Misfits song, Hollywood Babylon. Thank you so much for tuning in to the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. <laughs> 